name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here at High Point Church. Always a pleasure to be here with you. If you're a guest, uh, grateful to have you here today. It's a joy having you here at High Point Church. I'm looking forward to connecting with you after service. I want to start today off. It is a new teaching series that we are getting into today. We'll begin with a question for you. Can a leopard change its... There we go. You got there. Can a leopard change its spots? It's a phrase that you've heard before. It's similar to, to you know, can you teach an old dog new tricks? It's this idea that, and it, generally it's speaking to someone's character, that, that once the, the, the concrete is kind of set, it's set. There's not really much that's going to change. Can, can a leopard really change its spots? Can the situation really change? Can the person on the inside really become somebody different? Sometimes we, we, we say things like, well, it is what it is. Some of you probably said that this week. <laughs> it is what it is. And I want you to hear this. It is the anthem. It is what it is, is the anthem of someone who's run out of hope. It is what it is. Can a leopard change its spots? Not really. Can you really teach a dog new tricks, an old dog new tricks? Not really. I've tried. Doesn't really happen. Not much change really takes place or, or it's temporary and then it seems to bounce back. It is what it is. The anthem of hopelessness. Now hear me, I'm all about us being able to look at reality, right? I'm a realist, I get it. Like We've gotta be able to look and observe and measure and, and, and look at the facts and understand life as we know it. But the truth is, many of us have given up on areas of our life, or even not just our personal life, but our culture, our society, where we just have kind of washed our hands of it. It is what it is. I give up. I'm no longer going to believe for this. And can I really, honestly, can I really experience change? That area of my life that I've struggled with, like, can I really not be afraid all the time? Can I, can I really be free from insecurity? Can I really experience that? Because it has gripped me for so long. Can I really have financial breakthrough because I've carried the weight of this thing on my shoulders for so long? It's heavy. And I've tried and I've prayed and I've, I've done all these things. And I still feel stuck. Can a leopard change its spots? No. I'm all out of faith here. It is what it is. Can you teach a dog new tricks? No. Take him to the vet and put him down. Right? Oh, did I hurt some? I hurt you. <laughs> All of our dog love. I have a dog. I love my dog. You get what I'm getting at here. We look at our culture and we think to ourselves, there's really no redemption left for it. 
And while we're going to talk about the individual today, I also want you to hear we're talking about society at large. In fact, the term, can a leopard change its spots? If you didn't know, comes from the Bible. Jeremiah chapter 13 is the first moment in recorded history where we see this phrase being used. It's God speaking to a people, a collective people. Will you guys change? And so the question is, can we actually be a people who repent, a people who change, a people who put God first, not just as an individual, but as a community, as a society? Can we exalt God in what's right above everything else? Can we really be that kind of people? Can we put God before personal development? which is one of the greatest idols of Western culture. Can we put God before sports? Can we put God before making money? Can we put God before dot, 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 fill in the blank? Can we actually be a people who change and become something we aren't currently? I think we can. I think the scriptures teach us and show us a picture that we can. And today we're going to get into it a little bit. And you can even turn in your Bibles to the book of Philemon. But I don't want you to just take my word for it today. I want us to get into the scriptures and let the Holy Spirit speak to us and encourage us. And yes, challenge us. Can a leopard change its spots? The answer is... Yes, by the power of the Spirit, yes. But don't take my word for it. Let's get into the Bible. Can we do that? Are you guys ready? Oh, that was way too quiet. Who's ready? Are you ready? There it is. Okay, I like that. Maybe feel a little bit better. Philemon chapter 1, 1 through 3, Paul is writing a letter and he's writing it to a gentleman named Philemon. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Ephia and our our sister and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and Jesus. Verse 4, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in Jesus. And I'm praying that your partnership with us in the faith, that it would be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing that we share for the sake of Jesus Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement. It's given Paul courage because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. This is a deeply personal letter. The letter to Philemon is the most personal letter that you see in all of the New Testament. It's also one of the shortest. In fact, we're going to read the entire letter today. So that when you leave this church today, you can at least say to yourself, I did something today. I read an entire book of the Bible. Right? You're going to feel great. Paul is writing to a gentleman named Philemon. 
Philemon is wealthy. Philemon has a church that is meeting in his home. And Paul is writing this letter from Rome, from prison. And in just a moment, you'll find that Paul is literally in chains. He's shackled. But he's writing to his friend, not just friend, but his dear friend, his partner in the gospel, whose name is Philemon. Verse 22, we're going to skip all the way to the end. Then we're going to get to the middle. I want you to catch the relational nature of this letter. One thing more, Philemon, prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings. So does Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. We've got a letter and we have to ask ourselves, why is this letter in the Bible? You're not catching one bit of Paul in this letter talking about salvation. He's not talking about doctrine. He isn't even really talking about faith. Everything in this letter is deeply personal in the same way that you would like write an email or correspondence to somebody. And yet it's canon. It's in the Bible. Early church fathers, it was a unanimous decision. Put this thing in. It's got to be in the canon of Scripture. Why? It's personal. What's happening here? A little bit of context. Philemon is, like I said, he's a wealthy homeowner. And he is a part of the church in Colossae. In fact, the letter called Colossians, the book of Colossians, that church was started by the guy that's sitting in prison with Paul. His name is Epaphras. Epaphras is great friends with Philemon. And how did that church start? Well, Epaphras became a Christian, put his faith in Jesus. He's working alongside Paul. And he literally, as a missionary, goes to Colossae and he births this church. He's from Colossae. This is his hometown. And he goes to his friend Philemon. And Philemon becomes a Christian. And Philemon puts his faith in Jesus. And Philemon opens up his home. And his home becomes the base of operation for a brand new church in Colossae. It is the church that you read about when the letter is sent to the people of Colossae. That's being read in Philemon's house. He and Epaphras started that church. The more you know. Paul expects to be released from prison. And like a good friend, he writes to Philemon, bro, get that guest room ready, baby. When I come, I'm staying at your house, my dear friend Philemon. I'm going to be staying with you. So, like, get the sheets ready. Prep the little bathroom for me. Right? Like, get, get the house ready. I can't wait. It's going to be great to see you. May the Spirit of God be with you. See you soon. And this is the Bible. This is canon. This is recognized scripture. 
Sounds great, right? Except we're about to encroach on problem numero uno. We've read the beginning and we've read the end. Now we're going to get to the substance of what Paul is writing Philemon about. Can a leopard change its spots? Can an old dog learn new tricks? Can somebody who's been one way really become something different? We're about to find out. Philemon chapter 1 verse 12. Excuse me. Verse 8. We'll back this up. Although in Christ I could be bold, Philemon, and I could order you to do what you ought to do. I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love, our friendship. It is as none other than Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner of Christ Jesus. It's that that I appeal to you. And what does Paul do? He says, I appeal to you for my son, Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. What? Who's Onesimus? Verse 12. I'm sending him, Onesimus, who is my very heart, back to you. Paul is sending a young man named Onesimus back to Philemon. I would have liked to keep him with me, he says, so that he could take your place in helping me while I'm in chains for the gospel. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent so that any favor that you do, it wouldn't seem forced, but it'd be voluntary. Perhaps the reason, Philemon, that he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but he's even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. So Philemon, if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. You gotta love that. There was a little, little backhand in there. Oh, by the way, in case you're resisting this, you owe me one. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And ladies and gentlemen, you have read the entire book of Philemon. Okay, You can put your hands together. You have accomplished some things today. So we have Philemon who is a wealthy church planting, big home owner with a church meeting in his house, partner with Paul and Epaphras and leader of the Colossian church. He is also a master of slaves. You have Onesimus, whose name means useful. 
And Paul uses a little play on words here. He says, this guy who has become unuseful to you is now useful again. In other words, his name is restored. His bad name has been restored. And what did Onesimus do? Onesimus has been a runaway slave. He ran away from Philemon's house. And we know some of these details from church history. We know from the letter to Philemon. And we also know some things by reading Colossians. Onesimus is written about in that book as well. Onesimus took and stole from his, his master. And he ran and he booked it. And Paul is in prison in Rome, shackled to a wall with chains. And who, who, who gets shuffled in, arrested, and put next to him in prison as God would just seemingly arrange the pieces? A young man by the name of Onesimus. And as Paul and on Onesimus are sitting in prison together, it's got to be one of those bizarre moments where they begin talking. And he talks about being from Colossae. And, oh, man, I know some guys from Colossae. I, I, Epaphras? Epaphras? Epaphras is right over there. Do you know him? Yes. I do know him. I, I work in your, I've been a slave in Philemon's house. You've got to be kidding me. And Onesimus gets arrested as a runaway thief slave and thrown in the same prison as Paul. He's chained to the same wall or the same area, and Paul connects the pieces And as an apostle and an evangelist. What does he do? He shares the gospel, which he does with everybody that has a, even a minutia of a pulse. And Onesimus puts his faith in Jesus and becomes a Christian. And as they're in prison together, Paul and Onesimus become dear friends. And it's a relationship like a father and a son. And Paul says, I'm, I'm sending him back to you. He's like my heart and my soul. I love this young man. And I'm sending him back to you. And he is not coming back to you as a slave. He's coming back to you as a brother in Christ Jesus. And by the way, whatever he took, whatever he owes you, whatever he's hurt you with, Philemon, it's on me. I am taking, I am sacrificing my money, my credit, my reputation for the sake of this young man. It's now on me. Whatever needs to be made right, I'm going to make it right. And so we have this letter to Philemon. This is it. This is the Bible. You're not getting doctrine. You're not getting how to get saved. You're not getting church problems with elders and false teaching. Nope, you're not getting any of that. You're getting a church planting leader who has a runaway thieving slave who gets radically born again in prison with Paul. And then either because of the law or because of circumstances that we don't know, Onesimus is released from prison. 
And Paul is sending Onesimus back or Rome is sending him back. We don't know who's really driving this, this ship, so to speak. But Onesimus is on his way. And Paul gets in front of this thing by writing a letter to the master of Philemon. And he's saying, look, guys, I want you to hear this. This guy has become a Christian in prison. And I am appealing to you. I'm appealing to you, Philemon. To treat this young man not as a slave, but to grant him his freedom. I know that you'll do it. In fact, if you consider me a partner in the gospel, if you consider this to be legitimate, if you consider this to be worth your while and worth people meeting in your home, and if I've added any benefit to you, I'm appealing to you now, set this man free. And by the way, last time I checked, you owe me big time because you're a Christian, because I shared the gospel with you. P.S. And so we read this and we have to first ask ourselves, why is this in the Bible? And sometimes there's work that you've got to do when you read the scriptures. And in this moment, my, my desire is that you would be filled with hope. Can a leopard change its spots? The answer is yes. And one of the reasons this is included in the Bible is that because by the time we read Colossians, the letter that, that Paul is writing, he references Onesimus again. Only this time, Onesimus is in fact free. And Onesimus is helping lead and minister in the church. Onesimus is working with Paul. And you need to understand when Paul writes this letter to Philemon, oh, he's got to deal with Philemon's heart in this moment. Philemon's been hurt. His, 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 his slave has run away. And I want you to hear this because while we're not making light of it, it's easy for us to look at slavery through the lens of American slavery. And that's not the kind of slavery that existed here. But that doesn't make it right. And that doesn't make it okay. And many slaves would, would sell themselves in moments like this into slavery to avoid starvation, to avoid hunger for a job. And they would work their way out of it. And many times when they would purchase their own freedom from their master, they would have full Roman citizenship. But understand this. It is still entering into a relationship where people are transactional and people own someone else as property. Whether or not you're a good master or not, you are a master and an owner of a person. Yet Paul does not address the system of slavery. He doesn't go after that in the same way that if somebody or when somebody sits down with me and they're like, hey, I'm having some, I've got some addiction issues. Drugs or whatever it might be. An addiction, even something as simple to pot. You know what I don't go into? I don't address the legal structure and systems 
of drugs and access to drugs and all the things in our society and culture that exist. Right? No, I'm going after one thing, and that is the heart of it. And Paul goes after the heart of Philemon. I love it. Can a leopard change its spots? What he is asking Philemon to do would have been unthinkable. It would have been unheard of for a master of a slave to not only allow that slave to come back into his home, but to then grant that slave freedom from his crime and also freedom as a slave. And now not only have you been granted freedom, I am treating you as a full-fledged brother in my house. When Paul is appealing to Philemon, this is not a small request. His reputation's on the line. Status is on the line. People would be confused. They wouldn't understand what on earth you are doing, Philemon. And yet that is exactly what Philemon did. You see, Philemon needed heart in this moment. He needed courage. Onesimus needed hope. And these are the two tensions that we find ourselves on as we read the book of Philemon because there are some of us that need to count the cost of following Jesus. Can a leopard change its spots? Well, yes, but I like the spots the way that they are. And I don't want those spots to change, but the gospel does something. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, nothing in your life can remain untouched. Nothing in your life remains untouched by the loving and liberating rule of Jesus Christ. There is nothing that is off limits. Even something as culturally indoctrinated in, into the DNA of, of who we are and how we exist. Even something like slavery in this moment. There is nothing off limits to the gospel, to the grace, to the power, to the rule of Jesus. When you put your faith in him, he gets everything because Jesus changes everything. You see that sign? You see that banner? It's because we believe it. But the other side of this equation is, is the side of Onesimus. You know how terrified he had to have been? To show up at the door. To finally arrive as the one who has run away, as the one who has stolen. You don't really know until you know that you know what's really going to happen. And you have to hope and believe that this gospel, this faith in Jesus, that you, you put yourself in, in prison with this kind of short, bald, crazy guy named Paul who's shackled up next to you. Am I really going to trust and believe that this Jesus is who he says he is? That this Jesus can change the heart of even my master? Oh, I know there's a church that meets in our home, but what you're asking, that's unthinkable. Can the gospel really change that? Can Jesus really change that? And the answer is yes. P. 
because nothing in our life remains untouched by the loving and liberating rule of Jesus. Jesus changes everything. Jesus can change everything. There is always hope, even when it doesn't look like it, even when it doesn't feel like it. And can you imagine? I want you to hear this for just a second or put yourself in, a, in, a, in this moment in ancient history. Slavery is just a global practice. It exists everywhere. And is it possible to hope and believe that change is on the horizon? Because if God can change that, what can God not change? If he can change the heart of my master, can he change the, my, my relationship with mom and dad? Can he change the, the, the scenario here with my job? Can he change the situation in my, my church? Can he change this situation? The answer is yes, because Jesus changes everything. The book of Philemon and Paul's letter to this man is designed for you and I to have hope because with Jesus, you're never out of it. You're never out of the game. His power is always available and there is always transformation that is possible. But we have to be a people who respond and use our faith and trust that God is on the move. Do you hear me, church? I know Catherine does. But do you hear me? Because some of you are facing what feels like impossible situations, impossible scenarios. But Philemon reminds us that this God that we serve is the God of the impossible. What's amazing about Onesimus is that he goes on to become the bishop of Ephesus. Church history has him cited as the one who eventually is leading the ministry in that great city. Ephesus is not very far from Colossae. And so we see a young man who the gospel gets a hold of. And he moves from slave to brother to bishop. Philemon, church history tells us, ends up becoming the leader and bishop of Colossae. Two brothers now in two communities, in two cities, just miles from each other, leading, partnering together in the gospel. What impossible situation can God not do? Can a leopard change its spots? Yes. Can an old dog learn some new tricks? Yes. Because the grace of God is real. And Jesus changes everything. If Paul were writing to you today, 
he was writing this letter to you, what would he be writing you about? What impossible situation would he be addressing and calling you to either change or have hope for? That's the letter of Philemon. Father, I thank you in this moment. That your grace is real. And that your grace is available for every single one of us. And Lord, for some, you're calling us to lay down our lives to give something up for the sake of this gospel. You're calling us to to, to follow you, Lord, and that is costly. Your salvation is free, Lord. We know this, but to follow you, it costs us, and sometimes it costs a lot. And Lord, in this moment, I pray right now for heart and for courage for people who are looking at situations that just don't feel like you're in it. Or maybe we don't see what needs to be changed in this moment or we need to turn or we need to repent or we need to have a heart engaging moment with you, Lord. Like Philemon, God, give us the courage to do it. To let the gospel finish its work in our heart. Some of us, Lord, need an Onesimus. We need hope, Lord, to look at our impossible situation and believe again, Lord, that you can do something about it. God, that you can work in our, our, our marriage, that you can bring life to it. God, or the pain of divorce, that you can bring wholeness to a, a broken heart, Lord. Lord, where you can literally just move in an area financially, God, that just has felt like an impossibility. God, a weight that we just can't get out of. And a prison of sorts, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're a God who brings freedom. You are a God who brings hope. With God, with you, nothing is impossible. Jesus, we thank you today that you do, in fact, still change everything. So have your way, Lord. Have your way.